0: hello 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 good morning good evening good afternoon good night welcome to the manic candace podcast it's your girl candace back at it again with a brand new episode of the podcast and today we are going to talk about your money after death i know we don't like to talk about death some of us some of us wish we were dead right now to be honest um Death must be quite nice, I hope it is because life is a bit of a doozy and even when you're gone, it's going to be a hell of a confusing time, a hurtful time, believe it or not, because when you leave this earth, you either leave with money or without it. I mean you don't you can't take it with you but you can give it to someone see what we're gonna get into today is the dirty side of your family and the dirty side of jealousy well the jealousy is dirty but I'm talking about when you die people fight over your shit and that's your money that's your possessions That is your, I mean, everything, everything. Um, For those of you who don't know, my mom is a federal officer. She has been for the past 28 years. And she's built quite a nice pension and retirement and all that for herself. She has a high, very, very high salary. And I'm her only child. So if something happens to my mom, I get her pension. I get her retirement if there's some left. And then I get other things that are set in place. But because of my mental illness um, downfall in in 2020, I am no longer the sole beneficiary of my mother's estate. It is 80% my uncle, which is her brother, and it is 20% her sister, which is my aunt. I'm still not over it. And I want you guys to understand that money changes you. I don't know how much money is going to be there if my mom were to unfortunately pass, but the fact that I am 27 and planning for the worst and my mom is barely 50. Like what kind of like what kind of narcissistic shit is that? It's the money. And I'm gonna tell you guys from experience why I am that way. You see, my mom grew up on the reservation in um, just outside of Shiprock, New Mexico. It's a very, 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 very secluded area. For those of you who live outside of the United States, the reservation is a reserve plot of land for the Native Americans that are left, the ones that test at least 25% full native blood. It's it's stupid, it's devastating, and they're just waiting for the rest of the Native Americans to die so they can just drill for oil and make condos or make golf clubs, whatever. Um, my mother has very, very fond memories of her grandparents, which are my great grandparents. Um, they are deceased um, when I was, well, they were deceased when I was born, But my mother's grandpa, who was like the head of the entire family, I have a huge family, um, probably like 200 members of my um, second immediate family, probably like 50 members of my immediate family. And he did not believe in wills. He didn't believe in wills. That's something that I heard um, throughout my childhood because one thing that was very apparent about my family is that we were split up and i figured out early on it's because my great grandpa didn't believe in wills so when he died all of his children fought over his estate they fought over the the acres of land they were starting to say no dad left me this no dad left me this what are you talking about no i'm dad's favorite no me and dad had an understanding you see my great grandpa had like i don't know how many children these are my grandmother's siblings um she's asleep right now or else i would bring her on the podcast just kidding but you know he died in his 70s and his kids were or his, his his um his kids were grown and it was like hearing my mom talk about how great things were when her grandpa was alive and i was looking around at her aunts and uncles completely miserable every wedding every funeral every graduation it was like i hate you because you because dad gave you his jewelry or I hate you because supposedly you and dad had a conversation and you and you took you took my plot of land see everyone thought that for some reason everyone every one of his kids thought that they were going to inherit his entire plot of land or something like that so and so the best thing that my great grandfather could have done to save the family and the gener- the next two generations after, he should have had a will. He said, son, you get this. Daughter, you get this. My other son, I want you to take care of this part of my estate. His estate completely fell. My great grandfather was a jewelry maker. He was a sheep herder meaning he had flocks of, of sheep and he would sell them. And um, he had many sheep and he had, uh, he grew watermelon, he grew corn. And now that is, the, his plot of land is still there. Um, and it's still, uh, my grand his kids still live there, but they're approaching, I mean, they're all dying. At this point, they are boomers and like they are passing away. My grandma is going to turn 68 next month. And she just um, had a death in the family. One of her cousins that is her age died. So when this generation, my grandma's generation, when they're all gone, who's going to take care of my great grandfather's plot of land? It's not going to be me. Because of all that fighting that they did over my great-grandfather's estate after he died. The consequence of that is none of the grandchildren talk to each other. I don't talk to my cousins at all. I don't have them on my Instagram. I don't have them on Snapchat. They don't know what's going on with me. They can Google me because they know I'm an artist, but they, they're they too shy to say, hey, cuz, you know, let's go out, cuz, like, I... I'm so quick to turn on my own family because I don't know them. And I think that's the most devastating thing about not leaving a will is that it, the repercussions of not leaving a will for your money, for your house, for your, even if you don't have any money or you don't have a house, it's like, what about your sentimental stuff? I know it's uncomfortable to think about death, but think about how upset people will make themselves by making up stories when you're gone, when they have, when they don't have you to verify their feelings or verify anything. It's just completely nuts. The majority of people don't have plans for their finances after death, and I get that. Um, Americans, most Americans, we are not the top 1% wealthiest in the country. We are the bottom 99% that is like literally on the poverty line. So it's not like the majority of us have like $50,000 in the bank. It's not like a majority of us, especially in your 20s, have like a life insurance policy that's worth at least $250,000. And we'll talk about life insurance a little later on in this episode. But it's important to have something established, anything. Check with your local state law regarding wills and the validity of them. Because in my state of Arizona, my home state, um, a will can be as simple as a writing on a piece of paper saying, I want this to go to this person and sign your name. That counts in the state of Arizona. Now, in other states, you might have to get something notarized or you might have to even visit a, a law office, a family attorney that deals with estates. Um, I had an experience with almost getting hired at a New York Life Group or New York Life Insurance, something like that. And um, when people die they pay their beneficiaries money, depending on how much the policy was. Um, You can have life insurance through your job or you can get it independently, but if you get life insurance independently, you may not even qualify for life insurance based on your medical history. Isn't that crazy? So I probably wouldn't even qualify for life insurance because I had a suicide attempt when I was 14. Um, Some people don't believe in wills and that's fine, um we make promises while we're alive that we cannot keep and none of us know when we're gonna go some of us are fortunate enough to have an idea i mean not fortunate enough to die but let's think about the recent events that's been going on Um, as we all know there was a group of very wealthy individuals billionaires who recently imploded inside of a submarine, visiting the Titanic ship wreckage underwater. Now I have no fucks to give, but what, where my mind went was, I wonder who's getting their estate. I wonder if they had their will in order before then. I wonder who's fighting over what. I wonder who's trying to steal what from who? Because when there's money involved, when there's money at stake, people get grimy. And it will be your own family. It'd be your spouse. It'd be your daughter. It will be your brother, your mother, your father. You know how when people win the lottery and like it comes out on the news or something or like it just goes around that someone won the lottery. You often hear lottery winners report that they start getting letters and messages and phone calls from family members they never even met. Money changes people. Money changes people. Money will be the... Money is the root of all evil. You have to consider your financial fitness um, because your creditors still need their money back whether you're dead or not. So if, let's say, you die and you have about... $2,000 in your bank account, you have $10,000 in debt, your retirement was at $60,000, you have a life insurance policy of $110,000, well, that debt of $10,000 needs to get paid. So they're going to take it out of your bank account. They're going to take it out of your retirement. And depending on how much debt debt, debt you have, they're going to take it out of your life insurance. and they're gonna be contacting the beneficiary of those accounts. What a beneficiary is, is it's a fancy word to describe the person or persons that you are leaving your your assets to when you pass away. So for example, I used to be the beneficiary, 100% of my mom's estate. I am no longer that now something that could happen at any time is my mom she's still alive right she could change her beneficiary back to me if i just take care of myself but i have to show that i haven't shown that i've shown the complete opposite so i've been taken out of control you see i'm gonna get into my fears of my mom dying and me not getting a dime. And I'm gonna talk about how bad I feel for that being my first thought because I know that the money changed me. I don't know how much is in my mom. I don't know how much it would amount to, but I know it's in the millions. And it's not that I want to be rich. It's not that I want to be a millionaire. It's not even that I want to maintain my lifestyle. It's just that my uncle is a cheap bastard. He is a cheap bastard. He li- he's a millionaire right now and he lies about having money. Um he wouldn't go half with with me on my mom's Christmas gift. He only, it seems like any time that he pays for something, it's because I'm either in rehab, a detox center, or my mom was bankrupt. That's the only time he pays for stuff. If I want to go shopping, if I, any any other, like if I want to do something for fun, he has no money. so that makes me scared that if my mom were to leave this earth and my uncle's still here and he has my money I need like I, I don't like I don't want to pay rent anymore or my mortgage. Give it to me. You know, and it's like my mom is talking about buying another home and, and, and I'm like, if she owns a home by the time she passes, am I gonna get her home so I can sell it? I hope so. You see, my, my family isn't good with money and how I feel about my aunt having 20% of my inheritance, um, I don't feel any type of way. I feel like it's something that she deserves I feel like if I was the sole beneficiary, I'd give her about 20%. But here's the thing about me. I have a background in finance. No one in my family knows shit about finance. So their thinking is like, she'll just spend it all on drugs. I want it to last. There's something called dividends. So when you reinvest your money, when you keep your money growing in something called a hedge fund, which I used to work for, your money grows. And you could live off dividends, but you have to keep a certain minimum in the hedge fund, of course. Even when we have recessions and tough market conditions and high inflation, you don't take out that money out of panic. And I know that that money isn't something I'm going to live off of solely forever. It's just that I'm the one that was with my mother every day when she got ready for work and where she got her money from. I'm the one that was there every night when she was trying to get a promotion and she needed someone to practice her presentations in front of. I was the one. I was her her emotional support. I was someone who was there for her every day and and my mom wasn't, she wasn't codependent with me, like with um, emotions. I'm just saying that like if, if all that money coming from her job should go to, it should go to me, not because, not only because I'm her only child, it's because I was the only one there. Her brother wasn't there. Her sister wasn't there. Her mom wasn't there. It was just us. We went through bankruptcy together. We went through hard financial times together. And I'd be so fucking damned if my uncle has my estate and, just ha- and doesn't give me anything. What is he going to do with her money? Cause I know damn well he's gonna spend it. Spend it on what? I have no fucking clue, but I don't want my mind to go there. And this is why you have to fucking get your shit in order when it comes to your money and your home and your car. Think about everything you own. Who's it gonna go to? Pick a favorite person, pick one. And I'd advise you not to tell them anything. Don't tell anybody anything. Let it be a surprise. Because as soon as you tell people stuff, like, hey, I left this for you when you're dead, they start acting entitled. And then they're gonna do stuff like be grimy and and lie by omission and um, not communicate, things like that. Um, at my last job I worked for a hedge fund and there were a lot of requests for something called change of ownership of the account. So when someone dies, a beneficiary, usually the person's spouse or the person's child or someone related close, they will submit a request to change the account name from the deceased person over to their name because they are the beneficiary. Well, they have to submit uh, a death certificate of the former owner of the account. And there have been many, 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 many attempts by people who are not listed as a beneficiary to receive the dead person's money. And it's up to me to catch that mistake and to reject it. And I've even seen letters of just made up, made up shit about people's wishes after they, after they passed away. And after looking into how much money is at stake, it's like, it doesn't take much for people to start making up shit to steal people's money and to steal people's inheritance. You know, um, you know, a, a lot of. A lot of people, they don't want to think about their family turning against each other over money and over material things and over sentimental value items. They don't want to think about that, but they, but you have to. According to family and estate lawyers who do trust and estate planning, The family members are the main ones going against each other when someone dies. See, when someone dies, you can make up stories, especially if they did not have a will. At the end of someone's life, you need to respect their wishes. Um, Get your house in order so that no one goes against your wishes at the end of your life. Your will has to be bulletproof. Uh, my recommendation is to type it out. I mean, get it down. To first, I first, first, what I would recommend um, is to set aside a certain amount, maybe from your retirement, or maybe you have a savings account, or maybe you have a life insurance policy make sure you set aside a certain amount or maybe you state um, clearly that all your debts need to be covered. And like, even if you have to give up your car, to, if, if it's um, being financed at the time, you could make a clause saying, anything financed must be returned. Um, that way, um, no money is being taken out of your policies or any of your accounts to pay for what's being financed at the time of your death. There's that. If you own anything, like you're not financing anything, I mean, down to the cell, to the iPhone. Say I want this iPhone for my little brother, um, Joseph. I want this my 2015 Toyota Camry left to my mother on my dad's side. Like you have to be very specific. You have to give the full name of your beneficiaries of your items and your money and your accounts um, you have to give social security numbers. Um, UPS does notarize signing. And then I would, I, but I wouldn't even just rely on UPS. I would go straight to a lawyer. I would just pay for it. Um, your sentimental values. These are like, you know, your, your prized possessions. Like for me, I want all of my art to go to Christian and Raya. Because I know that they will do something great with it. They would, They would do something great. Um, but even things like, it sounds so trivial, but like your jewelry, your your television, your dresser, your um, your shoes. You know. You know. You know all your favorite things. Like delegate them to people, and do this on your own. You don't have to tell anybody because when you're gone, you're gone and you don't have to make a fuss about it while you're still here, okay? It just causes problems. It just causes problems. My mom told me very early on that about, she told me very early on in my life about my inheritance. So I always knew about it, but it didn't start becoming an issue until she got married and it was threatened because at one point my inheritance was going to go to her ex-husband and she is now divorced. Um, He turned out to be a scammer, which I knew. Um, So since her ex-husband was no longer on uh, her beneficiary statement, her will, I was kind of okay with letting it go to my uncle. Because I was like, I'm not gonna fight this any further. Because it was it was a big fight to get her ex husband off of the her will. It was a huge fight. Oh God. If you have businesses, um, you know, write down if you want that business to close or if you want someone to take it over. Um, I would leave letters for everyone. If you want to, to explain your decision making. That way, it's easier for them to heal. Because you gotta think when you're gone. Like, there's gonna be so many questions. Why did they get this? Why didn't I get that? I thought I was the right one for this, and da da You know, people get in their feelings. Um, people realize they're probably they, they they make up things in their mind. They they generate anxiety. You know what I mean? Um, and another thing that you should write down is just your wishes that are not about money and not about material things like love each other. You know, always do this in my memory. Shit like that. Um, but back to like the money part um definitely have a plan to put your funds in an account that is handled by like a handled by an attorney um you have to make rules before you're dead on the account you and the attorney have to make rules against your beneficiaries whoever they may be it could be one person it could be multiple people um you can say my brother can can liquidate liquidate means you turn it into cash and it will not grow, it will not be reinvested, it's going to be spent. So you can say brother number one gets 2% liquidation out of my life insurance policy. Um, My mother gets 4% of my life insurance policy liquidation. So everyone can get like a check or whatever, or you can say nobody gets to touch this money. It all gets reinvested until year 2020. You could leave the account to a minor and that account will not be touched until that minor turns 18. Not even their guardians can touch it. Um, You could set rules on the account saying that there can only be a one-time liquidation under 10% Every five years, you could make rules saying that um, out of your account, that money can only be borrowed and not spent. So there are a lot of creative things you can do to not only leave your money for your loved ones after you die, but to have it cultivate for future generations. How cool would it be to you know, pay for someone's, like, college and you're, you know what I mean? Like, generations after you die. I mean, that sounds kind of morbid, but, like, I just want to share with you, like, you have to plan for death. You have have to plan for it. I mean, fortunately, but unfortunately, we have to do that. Um, People are human, um, and they let their feelings dictate their emotions, They let their thoughts and thoughts of fear and, you know, my whole thing with my uncle, it's based out of fear. And that's something that I need to work on. Um, But at the end of the day, I just pray that I get the money back or I'm the beneficiary. (laughs) You see what money does? You see what money does? Will or no will? money will tear a family apart. This is Candace with the Manic Candace Podcast, talking about your money after death. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night, whenever and wherever you're listening, and amis. I bid you adieu. Bye-bye.